We're back, the Whiskey Hill, a podcast from three startup enthusiasts that pull back the curtain on business, tech, culture, and side pieces. <laughs> Not that type. We're talking blockchain, e-games, AI, without the bullshit, and most importantly, over whiskey. America calls Clyde Black, Athul Brown, and Anthony somewhere in the confusing middle. With three brothers, various shades of brown, bringing you the latest in tech, business, and startups, mixed with a ton of sarcasm. Cue the music. Yes, yes, yes. It's good to see you fellas today. Another COVID episode on the Zoom link that took us a thousand tries to get to work. Hopefully no one pops in on us Uh, (laughs) because security has been an issue. But, you know, (laughs) shots fired. (laughs) You know know who really should be using this? Jeff Bezos. He doesn't know how to handle it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like another 30 billion down the drain. (laughs) <laughs> I know, big, biggest tech company in the world, but still can't save his phone. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's good to see you. Uh, what you guys been up to? Uh, you know, nothing. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Going, going from the window to the wall. From the, to the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, same here. Same here. But, you know. Yeah, no, go ahead. Nah, just like same here, man. You know, highlight of my week today was going to uh, Target. Uh, you know, got out, saw some real people. Was got the face mask on? Got the face mask on? I didn't wear a face mask. I wore a scarf. I'm doing it now. I wore a scarf. That's good enough. I saw scarf. You know, yeah. It's not like you're not you going there blind. Yeah, you know. So (laughs) you know, nothing against our blind listeners, though. (laughs) 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 I had a follow up. I'm I'm at the same. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say I had a follow up to that, but. You know, I don't want to get do sued. It, do it, do it. Oh, no, 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 too late. I blew it. I blew it. I blew it. I missed the moment. I missed the moment. Man, I'm sorry. I just need you to make me look not, not as bad. So say you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Look, we can tell who's been sipping the whiskey already. <laughs> and those thousand tries, thousand sips in, man. Thousand Oh, man. I'm at the same, like, 30% productivity. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> All the things going on here, thirty percent of my work's getting done. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, I have I have a phone call another hour and a half, and so I'm like, let me not go too hard. Let's hope right we're now. done by then, Anthony. Got <laughs> 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 to pick up this recording in a few. <laughs> Absolutely. So that, but yeah, so you know, we want to talk today. Um, some hot topics that we want to go into, uh, but you know, first of all. We're talking about today's whiskey of the uh, of the episode, and this is one that Athul brought to our attention. He uh, he told us we need to step up our life. So introduce us, <laughs> introduce introduce us to the whiskey of the whiskey of this episode, and uh, give us a little story background behind it. Cool. We're doing the Singleton Single Malt Scotch Whiskey of Duff Town. It's uh, from Scotland, obviously. This and we're doing the tail fire. They have a lot of different versions of it. I'm doing the tail fire. You can't get this bottle here. I got it when I was there um, in Scotland last year. So, and I only have a little bit left. The guys can see, and I have a story behind that, which I'll share later. I always keep every bottle. I keep like a little bit left. I don't know why. It's a silly habit, but you see my collection. It adds up. Um, most of those bottles are 90% empty, <laughs> but I got a bunch of them in there. So, I used to be because Johnny Walker Black was always readily available. 
and I'll get into that later. Uh, around where I was. So I was drinking that. Ooh, I'm upgrading from beer. So I'm going to Johnny Walker Black in my 20s. I'm like, ah, this, it's harsh, but everything is good. Then my cousin introduced me to Singleton Single Malt back in the day. The one that you can get here. It's, it's a nice entry point. It's like 40, 45 bucks. And it, it was smooth. I'm like, oh, what's this is real. <laughs> so Double Black, that's a blend, man. That hits you in the chest. That's what Anthony likes, right? I think for me, and I'm going to get into this, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people that still like double Johnny Walker Black and that kind of shit, but I can't do anything near it or anything that hits near it. So Laphroaig versus Lagavulin. I like Lagavulin because it's it's smoother. Lagavulin, a lot of people like that because it hits, right? And I think my thing is Johnny Black is where I grew up on, and I grew out of that, and I kind of got into adulthood when I learned what singleton smoothness is. And I'm like, all right, now this seems like quality to me versus something's hitting me in the chest. I'm like, man, it must be lower quality. It's a perception. Yeah. So I'll get into deeper dive later on, though. It's smooth. All right, all right. So you grew up from Haynes and got some real boxers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Where do we get our Haynes on? No, MJ life. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know that kind of that kind of gets me into thinking about. Where 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 the market's going? Because immediately once we had our quarantine, one of the um, top places I went to was the liquor store, <laughs> and, I, and I stocked up on the whiskey, of course. Nice. And while I was in there, it was packed like it was literally a line to get into the liquor store. So I was thinking to myself, like, damn, they're they're winning right now. Like essential service, baby. Essential <laughs> services, the liquor store. Like, how you gonna have me in my house with my kids sober? So, you know, uh, but, you know, basically I was like, they're winning. So that got me thinking, like, who else is winning? Like, what other categories are going to be winning during this time, whether it's on the stock market, whether it's just businesses who are going to make that shift? We've heard the stories around some companies who are di- going to die. Um, I like to say that these companies were already on their on their ventilators before uh, <laughs> before COVID. And they're just kind of getting kicked over like retail industry. Um, read somewhere recently how Neiman Markets was either going into bankruptcy or already in bankruptcy. Done. Yeah, they, were. Um, they were already there. Yeah, so they were already there and just kind of just pushed them over the edge, pull the plug, get them out of here. Uh, but I was thinking, like, what else is in the, out there that are essential that is really going to make a big play and, and we're going to see some good uh, traction, not only during this time, but post this time? So, so you know. Girlfriend hit him up. <laughs> oh, okay. y'all, y'all can hear that. I, I, I turn this no. off. <laughs> <laughs> Following the directions, airplane mode. Yeah, kick us well, off. Uh, kick us off, Ag. Right? Oh, Come nice, on, nice. Well, you know, <laughs> winners. Well, all right. So, personally, I think with everything that's going on, it's. I think we discussed this in the previous one of the previous episodes. The healthcare industry is going to really healthcare mm-hmm. tech, right? Um, that's really going to show you know show its uh, wings right now, like because you you we talked about how. The, the regulations around the federal government. There's a lot of noise going on around me. Uh, healthcare tech industry, like in forms of telemedicine, um, because the regulations were released or, re- or, or or lax for the telemedicine side. So all those companies who are touching that space, huge biotech on that side of it. There, you know, because everybody's looking for a vaccine. But there's all these layers of the supply chain. If you want to look at it in that in, in that kind of context, that will play a part in the whole development of telemedicine, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, better tools uh, of having the conversations with uh, patients, doctors, the patient conversations via video, uh, whether it's tools around security as, you know, Clyde, so, so, so smoothly uh, uh, brought in. <laughs> yeah. Around Zoom. 
Um, you know, bio, like I said, biotech. And then there's all the other layers to it, right? There's multiple sides to healthcare that has a lot of opportunity. And one of the biggest things that have held people off from health tech was the regulations around HIPAA um, and, mm. and, and other uh, tech regulations that were, that were uh, uh, a part of HIPAA when it comes down to healthcare tech. So I think that's a winner that's going to be, you know, we're going to see a lot of movement in the next year and a half, two years. Yeah. And then specifically on healthcare, there are a couple of things I had in my notes. Um, and I'll try to be the throw to the punch because he may have had these as well. But uh, uh, Gilead Sciences right now is one of those Damn places, it. <laughs> one one of the ones that are really emerging as a, a true winner because they're actually um they've been shown some early promising preliminary results around how to fight the uh COVID COVID nineteen disease with a with a drug that they already had in place uh for Ebola. So you know that's one thing that you know is watching that they're making some traction. Of course, you know, Clorox, something else yeah. we're uh, near and dear, like get your wipes, your sprays, etc. And then the last one to follow up on your point, AG, is uh, Teladoc, uh, stock, mm. stock ticker symbol TDOC, um, which is specifically around the doctor visits for remote patients. So that healthcare specifically, that's, that's, those are kind of taking off right now. Yeah, you guys got you, those are great. Those are great. I'm looking at like so for the past five recessions we've had. Now this is gonna be I think the fifth in the last fifty years, let's say, right? So what usually ticks up after that? All the ones you mentioned, those makes great sense. And so there's some that some industries always tick up. Some some of these weren't around ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Some of them were have been around for hundreds years. So tax prep companies h&r block 21 percent uptick after most and like that's the average across five recessions right and it's not like we're delaying it but we still got to prepare those taxes so mm. that's going to tick up right people getting their money in order tj maxx man so let's we should throw this one out here it's a you know discounted apparel during market contractions usually hits up and it's it's not sexy it's there it's always doing well. And this stock has been performing well. And I, when I say stock, I want to ma- make sure everyone knows I'm talking about the company because it's just bad to go after trading up on stock and ticker symbol and all that. You want to know the company and the underlying business. TJ Maxx is doing well, low debt. And even in the 2007 recession, when everything else hit the fan, they were up 7 8%. The only knock against this company is they'd never parlayed into the digital space because they didn't need it for their audience. So that's going to hit right now, mm. right? So that's going to be a play against them. But I think once we get back and running, that's what that's going to be. I'm going to drop another one. Alibaba in Taiwan Semiconductor, global tech market, IoT to AI to 5G. That's all hitting later this year. Okay. Hard. So that's going to be good. Alibaba, as we know, Twitter, man. I'm, 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 I'm good with Twitter. I like it. A lot of people don't. <laughs> They're sitting on $6.5 billion in cash. Whoa. Okay. Right? And the price point has come. I mean, it's down. It's, being, it's been devalued like every other tech company. But they have something that's... No one can replace what they're doing. I don't know why. Uh, they, no one has tried to integrate some feature like this into Facebook or you know uh, uh, all these other platforms. It's not sexy, but once these just imagine once events and all these things start popping up, election, you got hopefully in September all these events start popping off. Right, sports again. Twitter's where a lot of people go, man, and I think they're going to get all this ad revenue from that. So I'm, I'm high on these cats. Okay, that's an interesting one because specifically around Twitter, my whole challenge with Twitter. Has always been how do they monetize the advertising uh, space, and are they doing a good enough job? I think over time they've get, gotten better, um, yeah. but those ad dollars and and you know thinking about it as a marketer who have uh, I've purchased <laughs> many of many of thousands of millions of dollars 
on Twitter. And one of the biggest things there is how do you track the engagement um, to make it a real valuable experience, right? You get people who are reading, but how do you know like who the customers are, what they're clicking on, the click-through rates, all those things that really that you care about as a marketer. Somebody spending those dollars to eventually get you to buy the product that you're advertising. So that's one thing I'll keep an eye on. So Twitter is good to see from a, from a, uh, like actual product, but, uh, let's see how they make some revenue off of it. What have you seen in Twitter? Like when you had, when you're doing ad campaigns there, what were your, could you, what were the metrics around it? Yeah. So it was, it was primarily around eyeballs, right? So you'll get the specific eyeballs that have come through and you'll, you'll say, you know, we got all these millions of, uh, um, people who are viewing specific topics, right? So you can then have the ability to segment based on whatever your core categories were. So if I'm, you know, selling sports apparel and, you know, I want to talk about topics around sports, you know, I can really hone into that. Uh, but the challenge was, is do I really get people who are really ready to click in to interrupt their experience where they're, you know, trading jabs back and forth that you, that you see in Shannon Sharp and sending tweets and whatever. Are you really the, ready to click on something and leave that experience so um that that's always the concern like are you going to interrupt the actual engagement experience for uh for an ad at that at that moment whereas in some cases where you have people locked in um like a tv viewing experience where you know more traditional and you can interrupt someone's tv show if you're if if they're watching not on netflix um but you know that's one of those experiences where you just have to find that balance but the, probably the most promising thing around Twitter is having the ability to segment based on topics and categories and really understanding like uh, age groups, demographics, all those things are where the value comes into play of adding of advertising yeah. to Twitter. But can you get them to click? Can you get them to buy? That's the biggest challenge today. You know what? So we should have set this up top too. So you brought up a great point, value plays, right? So usually recessions are because of a lack of demand, yep. right? So if you yeah. want to get behind a company, you want to know that coming out of it is there going to be demand there and everything. Consumers have less money to spend, look for cost-effective alternatives, right? That's what usually happens. This recession began initially as a lack of supply, right? On the flip side in Asia, we had to shut, they had to shut down manufacturing, so they couldn't supply us over here or across the globe. And then we now, ironically, to get out of recession, you typically have to spur up demanding. You have to kickstart it somehow with they're doing stimulus package and whatnot. Unfortunately, for this particular, this is a very unique situation where we got to stay away, bring the economy to a halt in order to get it to get back up again, because we got to stop the spread of the virus and then boom, get back in. So what companies are able to offer services and products that'll get us out? Right. So that's that's what you got to look at. Like Apple and Microsoft, they're great. I mean, they have sitting on tons of cash. Yeah. And they're they're they have great vital components of our of industry, right? That we need. I'm gonna I'm gonna shit on the airline industry for a little bit, right? So, <laughs> you mind if I do this? So I, I, was, just, I, I, I like I like I like where we we, we should just add a new segment that's called No, I'm just gonna we're, we're the full shits on an industry. <laughs> no, but here's what I don't like about this. So like Apple companies like Apple, Microsoft have been fiscally responsible, right? They've been they've had tons of revenue coming in, and they they don't just spend it freely; they buy appropriately. And they keep it for shady days, which is what we're in right now. They can pay bankroll and payroll for years if they need, sitting on cash on hand because they take care of the people. Now, look at companies like Delta, all right? Um, not to pick on one individual company, but let's pick on Delta, right? <laughs> so so they, they put like three and a half, four billion $4 billion in revenue every year for the last few years. That's a revenue. 
what do they do? 95% of that, they put back into stock buybacks, which yep. is them buying shares of their own stock. So it makes, it makes the stock price go up. Yep. And the CEO, whose income is tethered to the price, you know, stock stock price, they get their pockets padded. What I don't like is, okay, you're doing that. But now when shit hits the fan, no one's using their product, their service. They're asking for $50 billion. I'm glad with the stimulus package. Okay, I get that they need to be propped up, but you should have been more responsible. You should have had an Apple approach, a Microsoft approach, right? So that's a company. I know these companies are gonna they're gonna have to thrive again because we're gonna have to get them thriving again because we need air, we need travel, but we should be forced to keep them more responsible moving in. And they they got grants, twenty five billion, uh, the entire airline industry, and they got twenty five billion in loans, which the government will make money on as it gets repaid. Yeah, but so to, to your point, so all th- the three majors, American did it too. American was actually worse, right, than, uh, mm-hmm. than Delta. Mm-hmm. American with their stock buybacks, United as well. Those three really did, over the last 10 years, they were buying back um, stocks uh, going at, at oh, a high oh, clip. Every last yeah. one of them, yep. So, yeah, I, 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 yeah, it was. Let's not well, go Southwest, you know, Southwest. So, all you, you, we know that we as we travel now, there's less flights, so it's more, more at capacity, right? Southwest, they can actually make money if it's only 60% full because they're such a low cost carriers, right? So they actually could come out of this hot. You may want to take a look at them. All right. All right. All right. No, that's good. And then, um, you know, just to, to close the loop on this topic, because I think it's a lot of good points that we only scratched the surface because healthcare we went into, but the whole work from home economy, not only where it is today, but where it's going to go in the future, um, yep. how Slack is going to come out of this. Zoom, if they can ever get their security issues corrected, or Cit- <laughs> or Citrix Systems, uh, another software uh, company, and then they're like categories such as self quarantine categories, right? So you got Netflix and Peloton, um, then you have Activision, East, uh, uh, EA Electronic Arts, and Take Two Interactive, all video gaming uh, companies, and people are going to dive into, and then you got the big telecom companies like. AT&T and Verizon and Comcast, who are pretty much our lifelines today, right? They, they're, they're providing yep. the pipe for the internet. They're providing the television networks. And if you have a telephone as well, so, you know, pretty much everything you possibly can need, they're going through these big telecom companies. And then last but not least are the consumer goods companies. You talk about those that are going to pop and um, today, but then also in the future is Amazon, of course. Uh, Alibaba, as you mentioned, but you know, I think about Amazon right now and how they pretty much have a monopoly on pretty much everything that you need to buy outside of yeah. food, uh, outside of essential items. You can't really get anything else that you need outside of essential items ex- unless you go to Amazon. Like, if I need some pajamas for my kids, like I can't go to Old Navy or yep. Gap. You know, I have to go yep. through Amazon and get them to buy them. So, you know, they they have a real hold on the marketplace and one where. You know, my my shopping habits will probably change um, across the board. So, you know, these are the hot. Solve this equation for me, man. Solve this equation for uh, me. Uh, in uh, New York, New Jersey area, have you gotten any grocery delivery like Amazon, Whole Foods, Fresh, uh, even Walmart delivery or your any? Have anyone gotten a delivery window? I've not gotten one. In yeah, we, we've been tr- in four weeks. We try. We, we continue to try, but no deliveries at all. Yeah, um, yeah, I think on but the first they had to look for essential items, right? Not food. Well, even though food no, is for food, I'm item. saying for food. Oh, yeah. food. Yeah, you can't get anything like so. You have to actually physically go in. If we're trying to tap at this thing, I get it. It's in high demand. Can we give a big up to Zoom real quick? So we're using them, as we all know. <laughs> but you know, so they're only less than one percent of their cats are, you know, cust- they're paying customers right now. It's being utilized as a free utility. Yeah. So 
it went from 20 million to 200 million with no crash, but you brought up the hack thing. So I liked how founder, CEO, UN, mm -hmm. uh, Eric Yuan, UN, he took responsibility for it, man. I respect a leader who can step up and say, man, I messed up on that. And that was an engineering issue, a tech issue. That's on me. I love that about him. He pick up to him, man. Yeah. I think he's going to go. I think they're going to go down. I think teams are going to kill him. <laughs> you know, I think they're going to get, you know, I think, I think teams, Microsoft teams is going to kill it in this whole thing coming out of this. Well, I, the, the Microsoft, because Microsoft is Skype, right? Microsoft has Skype. Yeah. Right? And Teams yeah. is under that whole, yeah. Gotcha. They got yeah. all the tools you need. They right? got the oh, ecosystem. Yep. Well, so the, the, the catch with Microsoft, and I like how Microsoft is integrating their, you know, they, you know, you, if you open up Word and, and they'll automatically want to connect you with LinkedIn, they want to, you know, automatically yeah. connect anything you do with it. You want to, you know, do Skype, et cetera. You know, they will have to battle Slack, and I want to see where Slack's direction is. And their in their approach for for their long term plan, but you still you still got to remember Google, Google, yeah, Google's, Google in Google's in there with the Hangouts, and then they got you know their their docs, etc., and they got the whole ecosystem in place. So it's a it's interesting to see if Zoom goes on it goes out there alone, um, and, and 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 maybe there's an acquisition conversation down the line. Yeah, that probably has to happen. Yep, you're right. Cool. All right, all right. So you know, I'm gonna take me a, a quick sip of this. Uh... Boom. Singleton, um, you know, since Abdul has the exclusive version, I wasn't able to get that. So, you know, I just got the regular old Joe version. But yeah, okay. so far, so coupon and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Two dollars off, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't fly to Scotland, you know. The quarantine holding me back. It's holding oh, me back. Man. But no, oh, no, man. taking a quick sip. It was, um, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's starting to go down the right way. I yeah, well, I got calls. I can't drink too, so much today. <laughs> <laughs> typically, typically, you, you know what Anthony's drinking, but a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <starting to> drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, we um, I've been watching the market and been like racking my brain. Like, is now the time to buy? Because you know, when it first went down, well, it was like 30 40 percent. I was like, ah, uh, it'll probably keep going down. But I think I missed it because it's. It's on a tear. Like over the last two weeks, it's been up like 20%. And, you know, we're probably about 30% away from where we are at all time high. So, you know, like, what do you guys think? Like, did I miss it? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> hey, you jump in, then I'm going to go. I'll go on a rant later. I'll save okay, it for well, later. <laughs> well, I might, I might be. Here's my rant. Because as you, as you guys, as our loyal listeners have heard, I'm all about the social impact of the whole game as well. Right. So, I was say, you know, in our in our pre pre taping conversations, pre taped conversations, whatever. Um, singleton, um, <laughs> boom. The, the the stock market's rally is not a true reflection, right? I, it can't, it's not a true reflection of what the average American is feeling right now. When you have people, the unemployment rate skyrocketing, it, it keeps on growing and growing day after day, but the market is rallying. So it's just you know, again, I'm not an economist. You know, I'm not going to act like I am, but you can see the, the 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 how they don't correlate. They both don't correlate to the health of this country from an economic financial side of it. Because you know? unemployment just hit what sixteen million today, yeah. um, and it'll probably keep skyrocketing from there. At least twenty five, thirty million. So here's and we were we were mentioning this. All three of us were echoing the same point, right? So I think this equities market, stock market, it's all like fifty percent fundamentals based like how 
to perceive value and 50% emotions. And that's where you have to keep everything in check, right? So that's why I stop. I mean, like we just talked about this. MGM and Live Nation, they're shut down right now for the foreseeable future. And it's been a few weeks. Guess what? Their stock just went up. So explain <laughs> that bullshit to me, man. <laughs> come on, man. Your stores are closed and you're going up. And and there's no at live events. Who's going to go on a live event for a while? Even when we start opening back up, yeah. you're going to feel comfortable? Like, you know, so it's going to be a minute, right? I mean, D-Nice is doing well. Chris Martin from, uh, you know, Coldplay, John Legend, they're doing like nice little solo shows on IG, but that's not Live Nation. And that's not, you know, so these it makes no sense. So a lot of this is algorithm based. So when it had a deep sell off, that's usually algorithm. Then they have to put a stop because, you know, the algorithms, once they see a little bit of volatility, it's straight up computer systems. They put in metrics and once it hits a certain number, start sell or you start to buy. That's mm-hmm. all these things are. So a lot of it's been done. You know, these are quants in a hedge fund doing all this shit uh, and in big banks. But that's why. So a lot of this shit, it's, just, it's fundamentals and perception. And right now we're going heavy on emotion. Heavy on emotion. So you got emotions and machines. Which is cool. You can manipulate. That sounds like a, a solid uh, connection and conversation right there. Right? Exactly. Right. Right. It has like some Terminator bullshit and like some romantic comedy type of shit. A bipolar stock. Point to be made. Look, so Amazon is not a company I would sell in a heartbeat. So here's, I'll be honest, I'm going to put this up. You should do your own work. I'm not a financial advisor. Disclaimer. Amazon, they hit $2,044 a share. I sold out a bunch of it today. Do I think Amazon's going to be around 10 years from now? Hells yeah. Five years from now? Hells yeah. Are they going to be even bigger? Hells yeah. They can release a couple other companies right now. AWS could be a top five company right now on its own. So this guy's a dope. I don't want to sell them, but I have core positions in Amazon. But when they dip down to like 17 something, I picked up a bunch, knowing that it's a volatility is it's volatile as hell because they can play with their earnings and say, hey, we we took a hit this year or this quarter and you know, or we made money this quarter. They can do that and it's not it's all perfectly legal. So I sold a lot of some, but I believe in them long term. I still have my core position in them, but I'm playing the volatility. So yeah. then so then what do you think about because I was having a conversation with some uh, someone just the other day around those companies that pretty much are down like 80, 90 percent during this time. Is it worth a flyer just to be like, you know what, let me see if they can go up 20, 30 percent. So, for example, Viacom CBS, which we all know is a company that's uh, pretty much going to shit or a company like uh, or the oil companies who are like, I think it's Occidental or Exxon or Chevron or, you know, all those companies who are down so, so much. Like, is it a time? It's like, you know, let me throw a couple of dollars in there like I'm at the casino. Go ahead. Were you about to say something, Angie? Uh, Angie? No, no. This is no. I, 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 I no. I no. So they're, they're heavy insurance. debt companies, right? Oil, heavy, heavy, and there's really low um, razor thin margins on these cats. So they're, they're defensive stocks. They're kind of boring. You're not going to do anything there. So Viacom, so particularly that stock, I don't know. I'm assuming they just went through their merger, right? Yep. And and they flipped off. Are they going to be able to compete in this moving forward? scene of you know uh streaming uh their plays i mean you guys i don't know a lot of their content uh they'll probably will for for a long time similar to disney yeah. they have a, le- a huge library of legacy content um well, do they? That, do they really that they own i mean they <laughs> exactly, I mean, exactly right that's what i'm asking they got well, all so, they got all the csis they got yeah, all the CBS side of it yeah yeah cbs yeah. side of it so i mean just think about it disney just hit 50 million subscribers on disney plus um wow. Which which was their four year projection? They did it in like months. Oh shit! Yeah, so you know, Bob Iger, transformative leader. That's a dude you need to study too. Anyway, go ahead, man. Yeah. So 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 you know, like that's the that's the thinking, right? So you take a quick 
flyer. You talk about five to ten years down the down the down the line. You know, that's mm-hmm. an investor mentality versus a trader mentality where I got a couple thousand I want to put to work and want to try to get a quick flip. Um, so that's why I just brought it up. If you want to play volatility right now, which is not a bad idea if you know what you're doing. So look at this. So don't put it into shitty ass stocks. Put it, uh, shitty, by shit, I mean companies, right? The stocks are the company reflection in yep. the market. So always invest in companies, right? So Apple came down $70, $80 from its high after this whole Rona hit us, right? Mm-hmm. Microsoft, similarly. Uh, these are good ass companies, quality, low debt and no low to no debt. I mean, low debt on their balance sheets, you know, and they're more secure than all these other shitty companies that we're talking about. Right. So these are companies buy them on these dips and play them up. You got, you got, you know, you could keep, let's say, let's make it. If you're in totals, you're going to buy is 10 shares and you want to keep eight for long-term, get two to play with. Obviously be a little larger allotment of what you buy in there, but you know what I'm saying? Like 20% play with 80% long-term. All right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense because. Even even stuff like the cannabis companies who are all went to shit, like uh, yeah. Canopy, Aurora. Are they, are they hot right now, though? Because people are smoking up. I mean, you would think, yeah. right? But the stock, stocks are down dramatically. I thought edibles came up because edibles you don't like share with anybody. You don't cast them. <laughs> so that's what I thought. And I heard that. No, I heard that, actually. That cats are like tearing up on the edibles because, hey, no one else is puffing on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, look. We had to do some research on that. Let me check. I'll, I'll, <laughs> let me do a little research. No, I'm, I'm, hey, G, I'm, I'll send you into the field, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no I, I, yeah, I'm gonna, leave, I'm gonna leave that one right there. <laughs> you, know, you know what companies are gonna surge though? So cannabis, a lot of them have taken a lot of debt, right? Yep. All these companies like that in the startup space. Some are gonna thrive, some not. Companies with low to no debt are gonna be very secure when the market's ready to surge. So look at those balance sheets if you can. I know it's like it's a deep dive, but look at those and that'd be a nice play out. So, but so the give real us catch, the real catch is like who's going to surge, right? Like who, like it, when is the market going to come back? And, Apple's going to kill it. Microsoft's going to kill it. Amazon's going to kill it. Yeah, the, Walmart. The, the, the Fang, Fang is Fang is killing it. The superstores, yeah. the superstores like Walmart and Costco. tech's going to lead us out, baby. Tech, I always say tech leads us out of all this because wait, why not? Because of fundamentals all the time. Heavy, strong fundamentals, but tremendous perception value, perceived value in that they push in that the margin of that. Yeah. It's a lot. And people are like, oh, these cats are good. And everyone starts dumping money towards them because a lot of hedge funds and a lot of 401ks hold stocks like Apple, Microsoft. So it's a safe investment. And plus us small cats. Anything on the banking side, you think? Financial so here's the thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, bang. so right now, the aggregate debt amount of every single company is roughly like $30, $32 billion, right? Uh, I'm sorry, trillion. Yeah. $32 trillion. Financial industries are half of that. $16 trillion. Wow. That's a lot, right? But but they're not as highly levered as they were in the previous uh, 2008, yeah. right? So that's good. So they're actually pretty solvent right now. They're behind a lot of these small business loans. All the stimulus that's happening right now, they're behind a lot of it in cahoots with the, in partnership with the government, <laughs> in, in a proper partnership. <laughs> it's proper. There's no, there's no shitty thing around it. I'm not saying that. But uh, yeah, I think banks are pretty solvent moving forward. That, that could be a good play. And then, and then, and then those for those listeners who are not as uh, sophisticated, describe the debt. You mentioned debt a number of times. Like, why does it matter how much debt someone has on their book? Uh, okay, so let's make, let's make it simple. Let's make it personal. So, if you own a house, five hundred thousand dollars, simple, right? Just take an easy number, and you bought it, and you put twenty percent down. You put a hundred thousand dollars down. You have four hundred thousand dollars in debt. You took that's not that's okay. That happens a lot. And you took $400,000 in debt. That's a loan that you have. Let's say the value of your house, when you try to sell it two years from now, let's say you need cash. 
but it's actually worth $350,000. So you can't have, I mean, how are you going to sell that to make the money back? Right. My monkey ass kids coming here. Get out of here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> outside, 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 outside. I told you monkey ass. <laughs> All right. Um, you taking too later. long, daddy. I need some snacks. <laughs> later, 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 later. Oh, Close it. the door, baby. All right. Love you, monkey ass. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> my little, my little one, he's gangster. But uh, so if you have, if, let's say you have that and you need to sell that home. And but the value going value you pay five hundred is three hundred fifty now. You're gonna yep. be in the hole, right? Yep. So magnify that by what these companies if they've taken on loads and loads of debt, but their valuation of their company right now, the value of what they're offering is low. You still have to pay debt back. WeWork's a perfect example, right? Um, oh, they boy. still own those leases that they have to pay back every month. They got to pay, but those small businesses, startups are like, I gotta get the hell out of FOH, man. I, I'm a month to month. I can't afford to be this. I have to lay off everyone. I'm out. They still, WeWork still owns money on those, at least on those leases, right? Yep. And they're not getting any revenue coming in. So that's that's what you want to see. You want so if they had no debt, it'd be safer. But they got a lot of debt to take care of, so mm. they're in a hole. Did I clean that up? Sorry, yeah, distraction in there. No, that's helpful. It's helpful. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, so now this is something for us to watch. We just want to take a deep dive and not deep dive, but the quick high level overview of kind of what our thoughts on the market um you know i've had some questions uh, about some plays and you know figure other people may have had some questions around some plays in the market that um they want to just hear some answers to on the and the whiskey hue team is the right place to uh get some information from so uh thank you for you know for those key insights of Thule and anthony and uh you know, if I make some money, I won't buy. I won't share it with you. I'll just tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> just love it. Yeah. <laughs> I got two old pairs. <laughs> yeah. One for upstairs, one for downstairs. <laughs> Damn. I'm, I'm on Clyde money. <laughs> yeah, oh. but uh, but yeah, this has been a good episode, and you know, I want to kick into shit you should know. Um. Sure. And and this this one I'll kick off. I'm prepared again. Look, got time on my hands. But you know, I wanted to uh I wanted to spend some time talking about uh uh a great member of the business community who recently passed away. Um Black Enterprises founder Earl yeah. Earl Grave Senior. Um he was the the founder, creator, CEO for a long time of Black Enterprise, which is a it was a magazine that was centered and catered around uh, highlighting black businesses and leaders. And um, it was kind of like the first of its kind where, you know, he kind of really take, took a deep dive into um, highlighting successful black businesses and really gave a different point of view around the business community uh, from a black perspective. So he recently passed away. I mean, everyone in the, in the business industry, everyone from Magic Johnson to, to Al Sharpton to, you know, the everyone, every, everyone who's who knew who Earl Graves Sr. was and the impact that the uh, Black Enterprise magazine had on the community, especially around the black business community. Um, I remember when I graduated from college at Morehouse, everyone in the class got an issue, uh, a subscription to Black Enterprise. And I think they still do it today, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, that's just kind of one of those things that, uh, you know, I wanted to spend some time on and highlight Black Enterprise magazine and Earl Graves Sr. and um, uh, uh, the magazine. And then uh, one thing is he had a book that I will recommend is How to Succeed in Business Without Being White. Uh, he wrote it in 1997. So check it out. And that's my shit you should know for this week. 
Celebrating the BBPs. I like it. All there right, you go. Easy if you want to jump in. It's up uh, to you. Well, yeah, listen. So I got I got two things. Two quick, quick things here. One, I want everybody in the while we're sitting home and we're and everybody has in their conspiracy theories about coronavirus to make sure that they source their information. Stop reposting <laughs> crap that their friend said because their friend said it. Right. We have to we have to use our, our, our brain to to source correctly source information. And sometimes sourcing doesn't have to come from your people you like. It might have to come from sources that you might not necessarily 100 percent agree with, but sometimes they do solid reporting. So that's 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 one thing. Two. I, I send an article around and this is, a, you know, it's a whole 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 larger topic. You know, this is a report that came out about sourcing. Uh, not sourcing, but it's about clutch sports and uh, and wow. how and how and how it, there, there's sources that say that 90 percent of the NBA players are not um, yeah. uh, uh, receiving their salaries. Um, and clutch sports, Rich Paul, LeBron James, and his team uh, are, are supposedly getting their money. Now, I don't know how many sources this is, but it's, that's not necessarily the point. The point I'm trying to make is that sometimes when you guys have research. Or you, you're getting your contracts done. Make sure you have a solid person or lawyer reviewing your contracts that's thinking of everything yeah. to add into your contracts, like a, a solid force majeure that you don't get screwed in the event of crazy situations. Whether this is for executives or, or executives of larger organizations that you are tight with your, your contract and to people, startups, who you don't lock yourself into a deal that screws you financially. And and I'll and I'll echo that. I'll I'll do two things on, on that note just to add some clarity. So the ninety percent was had ninety percent of their salary paid out by April, where a lot of the other players are paid over twelve months. Like everyone else, uh, NBA players can't manage their their money. Uh, they and, and they don't want to be check to check. So they, they so a lot of them decided to get paid over twelve months. Twenty five million dollar check to twenty five million dollar check. That's rough. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's got to be hard. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just wanted to clarify that, make sure there was there was clarity on that. Um, and then uh, and then the other one was the force majeure on the the other force majeure piece. I thought it was interesting that you brought up because recently read something centered around uh, a lot of events companies etc didn't have pandemic insurance. Um, They had a lot of like event cancellation insurance, et cetera. But I recently read that Wilmington over the last 17 years has been paying $2 million a year uh, in pandemic insurance. And this year, and this year they're going to collect $141 million from their insurance company. So they spent for 20 years. They've been paying two mil. You said, yeah. So no, I think it's like uh, 17 years. Seventeen so years. Mil they put in, they're gonna get one hundred forty mil. Out. Damn. I well mean, done. That's, <laughs> that's it. The, the person who decided to add that clause into their contract should get a, should get a bonus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. But you brought that up, and that just came to mind. But I just wanted to share that. All right. All right. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that person they argued against that that clause and that issue. Yep. <laughs> you know what? You know a lot of these cats are waiting. So, so like even South by Southwest, they're waiting for the city to say no more events, so then they could collect insurance. They needed someone else to cancel first. Or the artists do. So the artists and the conference owners of South by Southwest were playing chicken and egg. Like basically, who's going to cancel first? Because that's how we collect insurance. And that's that's across every event. So all the conferences. So that's what they were doing. They're waiting for someone else to cancel so they could collect insurance. But this Rona environment, I mean, this pandemic, no one had besides Wimbledon, apparently. <laughs> right. should, I just, should I jump into my shit? Yeah, yeah, my shit? yeah there you go. Right. Give, give us some heat. So I'm, I'm going to jump something that's kind of confusing to me. So Quibi. 
I'm 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 interested about this. So Katzenberg, you know, DreamWorks, Disney Legacy, Meg Whitman, former head of eBay. I'm confused about this model. Okay. So they're going to drop 10 minute segments, right? Eight to 10 minute segments. And look, it's, it's, and they're getting people like LeBron, Chance, the rapper, mega stars, right? You, and they're giving it away free right now for 90, 90 days, right? But so problem is you got YouTube giving you something for free right now. And the demographic they're going after, because it's mobile only, it's younger, younger people, right? So if I can't imagine LeBron's coming on for cheap because he's a mega star. So, you know, and then you got no ads or, and it's free for right now. And even when it's, when you get it, um, it's gonna be like eight bucks a month or something like that. I don't know how you pay for this when you can get like things for like for free, TikTok, YouTube and all that. Right. So it's interesting to me. Christy Teigen, she's much cheaper than a LeBron would be <laughs> to bring on. I can <laughs> yeah. see where her quick bites could be, or even people like us three offering like financial type of, or marketing or biz dev device. You know, that, that's all they can see working on. But I'm curious about what your thoughts are on that Quibi model. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they're taking a flyer, uh, but I don't think it's going to work long term just because content, yep. um, while they're thinking that it's going to be consumed on a mobile device, like sometimes people want to get information to, to lean back and, and, and kind of, uh, um, what's, the, what's the right term? Escape. Escape. Yep. And in 10 minutes, you know, that's for people watching stuff on the go. Now, I don't watch, I want to watch a 10 minute thriller on the go. Uh, while I'm waiting in line at the, at the bank, but you know, we'll see. I, I'm, I, I have my doubts around Quibi, especially nobody's in a bus or a subway right now. So you're not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> you know <what> I'm <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I will say the jury, you know, it's too soon to say anything because I, I do think the quality of how people consume content is going to vary. I think this is yeah. something that we do have to wait a couple of months to see the, the play. Um, I, I think I think if, if it goes after the YouTube kind of crowd demographic, they could have they could have something. YouTube's it's free not, though, man. YouTube's well, free. It's, it's fr- yes, it's free. But the the catch with YouTube and the argument we used to be was the fact that you know why would I pay for cable if I could get YouTube? The issue with YouTube is not necessarily it wasn't always professionally made content. Sure, sure, sure. You know, it's some kids sitting in their room creating some not some stuff. Not saying nonsense. Those, some of those guys are making millions, um, but you know, we'll, we, I think we will see. Like I, I don't know what they're, you know, how they project their model and how they're paying out over over the years to some of these content creators. But you know, I think it could be something because they got some heavy hitters running it. Yep. Uh, yep. And if they create some kind of something over the next two or three years, you know, who knows what kind of acquisition target they could be. Yeah. I think, you know, one play that could be is a Clyde brought up last week, uh, masterclass. If you can offer like eight, 10 minute segments of masterclass type of leadership videos through this, that could work as well. Uh, you know, that could be one play, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. I might download it to check it out. We'll see. It's free. free. <laughs> it's right. free. You're right. Nope. Let's check it out. So that's cool. been, that's, it. So that, that, that's been a good shit. You should know. I look like all of us were prepared this week. Congratulations, fellas. Uh, We're too prepared, man. We're going to rain long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah. So thank you for your time today, listeners. Check us out on the Whiskey Hue. Um, just give us a quick oh. recap on the Singleton. Um, I liked yes. it. Um, I liked it. You know, the taste was clean. I love a good, clean uh, whiskey. Um, had a little vanilla flavor to it as well. A little sweet, citrusy as well. Um, those are coming to sound, kind of the tasting notes that I had on it. It's got like a, what do you think, AG? And I'll jump into it. Uh, well, it, it tastes a little fruity. To me. It, yeah, it's it's got, got the burnt berry taste, something like that, right? 
Yeah. So I, that's how burnt berry. Well, you know, I don't know what burnt berry really tastes like. So <laughs> <laughs> just like this. <laughs> it's, like, um, you know, it's, it's a little sweet and fruity, but like it, it kind of burns going down. So I'm like, that's what I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I, I, I like the, 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 the notes. So it's just a little bit more uh, refreshing. I think maybe that's the way to describe it. Uh, and before I give my thing, so I'm going to say, you know, my kid came in earlier. Before you call DCFS on my ass, I love that kid. <laughs> <laughs> but we all cuss, all right? Don't, don't go calling over people. I love that kid. He's my gangster in training. All right. So, Singleton, um, I love this for many reasons, right? So, I, I mentioned up, up top, like, it's a smoother mix. It has a peppery taste to me. There's a lot of deep pepper. So, it has a nice little smooth but nice burn going down. And it is perfectly palate. So, I'm going to tell you, uh, of all those brown dudes on this thing, I'm the the light brown. So in my community, <laughs> they drink that shitty ass Johnny Walker black, right? So that's what was always readily available. So that's what we grew up like. Oh, that's scotch. That's what it is. That's good. We try it. Then we're like, my cousin in Brooklyn, and, and you know, at a wedding, blue label might pop out, but it's black label. And then you're like, oh, this is great. Then I, I was at my cousin's house in Brooklyn a couple of years back, like 10 years, 12 years ago now, whatever. She got me into, her and her husband got me into Singleton, the smooth one that you can get at stateside America. And I'm like, this is smooth. This is like, this is what real liquor tastes like. So, I don't think I've drank Johnny Walker Black since. Nothing against them, Diageo. Don't come after me. I know they got a BBC running the show, but don't come after me. But um, sponsorship. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I, I, I did you guys right for like 15 years. So, <laughs> and a lot of family members are doing it. But this is smooth. And I always want to keep my story is I have a, you guys have been to my, you see my liquor camera. I got a bunch of different bottles in there. And I'll have bottles and I won't ever completely finish them. And I'll have it because they always have a story to me. And this singleton, because of, you know, the affection I have for my cousins and their family, they brought it into my palate, got me. That was my migration into the real liquor cabinet, uh, smooth uh, single malts. I'll always have a singleton and I'll always have a Koval now, which is uh, oh. my Chicago one. And then obviously Oban and all these cats. So that that's my story about it, man. All right. All right. Well, this has been another great episode. Thank you guys for your time today. Listeners. Don't forget to review us on all platforms um, and uh, check us out at thewhiskeyhue.com. Um, thanks again, The Whiskey Hue. Peace.